नमस्ते जय हिंद वेलकम टू अनदर एडिशन ऑफ एन आई पॉडकास्ट विद स्मिता प्रकाश टुडे माय गेस्ट इज फॉर्मर चीफ ऑफ आर्मी स्टाफ जनरल वीके सिंह हु इज़ आल्सो द रिसिपिएंट ऑफ द परम विशिष्ट सेवा मेडल अति विशिष्ट सेवा मेडल युद्ध सेवा मेडल ही कम्स फ्रॉम अ फैमिली ऑफ सोल्जर्स एंड हैज सीन एक्शन इन द नाइनटीन वॉर एंड वॉज विटनेस टू जेनोसाइड बाय द पाकिस्तान आर्मी ऑन ईस्ट पाकिस्तान General VK Singh was witness to the genocide perpetrated by Pakistani forces in East Pakistan. He was part of the Indian peacekeeping force in Sri Lanka fighting the LTTE. He was posted in Jammu and Kashmir. But there were some controversies in his career too. A fake news item of a coup during his tenure as army chief. The newspaper never withdrew the story even though the army denied it about a succession battle during his tenure. of a clandestine unit which he set up which allegedly snooped on government servants all of which were never proven general singh joined the india against corruption movement with anna hazare but moved on to the bjp which again came in for some controversy try as hard as he may to avoid it willy nilly general singh gets into the eye of the storm currently he is minister of state in the ministry of road transport and highways and ministry of civil aviation in the second term of the modi government In conversation with General VK Singh is my colleague Ajit Dubey who's the editor of National Security at ANI. General Singh welcome to the podcast. Ajit and I have uh, a whole lot of questions we are very honored that you've come despite parliament session being on. Um I'll begin with the current hats that you're wearing um the highways project I mean uh, as per data available your government has added over 8000 kilometers in the current financial year uh making it an average of 24 kilometers per day uh but there's also these projects which are running behind schedule i think about 40% of the projects over the years they've been running behind schedule so can you just give me an update as to where we are and uh, how soon can we expect that these hurdles will be uh, overcome ashmita ji let me make a little correction ji last 3 years if you take it is uh, 26.5 kilometers a day then was 35 point something per day okay. now we are on to 28 point something per day okay now the progress of uh, any road project depends on couple of things one is your land acquisition we are not starting the project uh, this decision we took about 4 uh, years 4 hmm. years back no project to be started without 90 to 95% land in our hand okay then only the progress can be done so some of the projects which started earlier where we had ran, ran into land problems project will get little delayed mm-hmm. the second is what we are uh, also looking at is there are various materials that are utilized we require earth for you know raising the level we require uh, stones you require aggregate now availability of this also makes a difference for example if you were to if you had a project in assam and uh, further northeast aggregate is not available if you have a project in andamans aggregate is not available what do you do do you go 200 kilometers to get aggregate is too costly so you have to find other methodologies which we are doing now we are doing soil stabilization there are a lot of players who have come into the market for soil stabilization and after that you can do the uh, needful uh when you make uh, roads which are concrete or as we 
call them uh, rigid uh, uh, surface. So their availability of cement creates a problem, mm -hmm. unfortunately. And uh, this is what I think Nitin Gadkarji has said time and again. Two industries which uh, do not cooperate. One is steel and other is cement. They formed cartel. Mm -hmm. Now, as a common person, I would feel if there are cement industry, you are, let's say, producing, your production cost for cement is, let's say, X. You take 10% over it. You take 12% over it. But you've got a fixed customer in the national highway. Give it to them. That doesn't happen. We get it at the same market price. The cost goes up. Okay. So, uh, and import is not an option. Import will also be costly. How will import be cheaper? Hmm. I mean, how can you? I mean, when you are manufacturing cement here, how do you start importing uh, cement? Hmm. So today, uh, to get these projects, uh, which slight delays are there, we are sorting out land problems. There are certain places where the environmental issues come in, and by environment, I mean forest. I don't know if you know it. Let's say you make a road. Corridors. And, 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 we, and we do plantation on the side of the road. It becomes deemed forest. Mm. If I want to cut that tree after 10 years, I cannot cut it. I require forest uh, permission for that. Now, state forest, forest uh, departments, they create maximum issues. Okay. In the center, we are able to sort it out. Mm. But maximum issues come up at that time. Mm. We are... Uh, going out of our way to ensure that we are as alive as any other environmentalist to look after environmental and forest issues. Hmm. We have created uh, uh, elevated sections so that the animals can pass below. We are creating tunnels so that animals can go over. Uh, we are doing all possible things where the security and safety of animal life is concerned. Right. But there's also, you know, people get annoyed. I guess it's also lack of um, lack of easy access to expressways. Now, this is an international thing that expressways may you can't see. So, but, you know, Indians or people from developing nations think that we should be able to take our bullock cart also on that. We should be able to enter a road. Zameen to hamari li thi aur fir humko hi ab chadne nahi de rahe. So, the view is like that. that and I think people don't know the difference between also an expressway and a highway and a toll system where, you know, the thing is that we contributed the land and now you're charging so much. So, how <laughs> how do you go over this, get See, over these hurdles? Uh, the problem is always the expressway. Hmm. Why do you call it expressway? Because you want people to travel faster. You want people to travel speeds of 120 or even higher. Any slow traffic will result in massive accidents. So you don't want any unnecessary traffic to come onto the expressway. Highways is okay. We can provide that. Now where the... Uh, let's say the common farmer, he wants to go, let's say, 20 kilometers, he wants to travel on that expressway. Then the whole meaning of expressway goes away. Mm. Uh, let's let's take, for example, uh, the Delhi Merit Expressway. Yes, everybody wants to come onto the expressway. What will happen to the road? Will it achieve the purpose for which it has been made? Today, uh, between Ghaziabad and uh, Merit, it takes just about half an hour. Mm. If you want to come to Delhi, 
40 minutes to an hour yeah. that will go then we will say oh well why did you make this road earlier it used to take so much of time it is still taking so much it's of time it's necessary to educate the people about the it reasons is. right it is hmm. problem is different hmm. problem is our uh, people lot of them know what is happening but everybody wants to play the ball <laughs> you know okay let's see if it happens hmm. because any hmm. entry onto the expressway yeah, yeah. further enhances the price of land adjoining the expressway yes so people are looking at that correct they they are not looking at uh, the traffic they are not looking at what will be the consequences subsequently right. and also uh, you mentioned accidents you know uh, it's it's kind of shocking that we lose about 100000 citizens uh, on on roads how to make our roads safe because many of us have friends and relatives who live abroad and the first question they ask is can we take a road trip can we do this i mean many of us are doing road trips with our families but there is that fear when you see the statistics it is a uh, kind of the scary. statistics are bad we had uh, 150000 uh, about 5 uh, years back hmm. every year more than corona 150000 in 5 lakh accidents per year yeah. now most of the that really puts in perspective more than corona deaths we lose people on yes. our roadways but the issue is when you want to do things now we have uh, been representing ourselves in the un also and statistics we have said that we will bring it down we have put in measures you know education enforcement engineering both of road and the other things where the road is concerned we can do it hmm. where education is concerned it has to become everybody's an effort hmm. just uh, one ministry trying to do it it is not going to reach everybody so signages potholes ye sab i mean potholes it's are, a continuous process and then if you ask somebody will say it is the state's problem you ask the state they'll say it is not ours it is the national where the national highway is concerned it is my ministry's problem okay. and we take care of that right. that is where the toll goes hmm when we charge the toll actually the concept of toll when it started hmm. in the world was that if you want something better you pay for it right and hmm. so to ensure the quality of road hmm. to ensure that it remains at the same state you require constant putting in the money hmm. now unlike uh, let's say a project is sanctioned project is over after that that is how do you maintain it yeah which happens with most of the government facilities if you don't cater for it, and that is where the toll comes in handy you have the money and uh, let me only share with you some of the experiences which uh, people have shared with me without my asking them sir so we travel from trivandrum to delhi it took us so much of time and what a pleasure it was yeah so if somebody tells you they want to take a road trip tell them do take a road trip right no problems uh, sir since we are talking about roads and uh, uh, your ministry also deals with the construction uh, construction of roads in the all along the lac you have been in the army sir uh, there were times when we were not building any infrastructure in the forward areas what is the status today how uh, how uh, well are we prepared uh, vis-a-vis china 
and uh, what have been the achievements in that sector sir? okay let me uh, say that a great amount of effort has been put on to this particular field of having a strategic roads if you would recall till between 2010 and 2012 we used to talk of having finalized 75 different projects that was there in every Bangal. parliament question right 75 different quest, uh, projects work started on them in 2014 most of them are complete most of them are complete what was envisaged at that time that is the uh, achievement in addition to that much more is happening trans uh, arunachal was talked of it was uh, talked of and then a lot of people said oh it is not possible what will happen we have started the project hmm. it's a huge project uh, what is the, if you can explain to trans arunachal will link all the valleys see at the moment all your uh, connectivity in arunachal is through the valleys now how do you do inter valley movement you will come down find the suitable uh, place from where you turn back into the next valley this one will link all the valleys and not very far away from the uh, borders so it will provide a great amount of strategic uh, flexibility as well as uh, developmental initiative for inter valley uh, work and for people to you know find it much easier so this was not stay. done earlier general sir because of what reason why was Many, it stalled was it the was it the nervousness because it is close to the chinese boundary was it I, that bolo kya bolenge was it that one one i think has been that second has been uh, you already have a connective from place a to b why do you want to link the valley Hmm. no the thinking was uh, army has been talking of it for a very long time right but uh, the uh, government hmm. of the day for almost 10 years they never appreciated this side and expenditure is immense right expenditure is immense but then you have to be innovative hmm. you require a person like gadkari ji yeah who who can innovatively work out in 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 a, a public private partnership as to how a thing can be done you know when you talk about expenditure i have to talk about the airports and the connectivity in the northeast you know um fabulous work which is being done there and you know that's the other hat that you wear of civil aviation uh it's considered india's considered the third largest civil aviation market now i it think it is 147 operational airports 188 million indians traveling by air just last year that's like several countries population put yes, together and you know that there was that i remember still when that um that slogan came up hawai chappal se hawai udan regional regional connectivity yeah usse mazak urta tha that it's not going to be possible but now when you see the kind of people who are flying they actually you're talking about middle class and lower middle class india who for the whom bus journeys used to be difficult and used to you know people had not like you you see them even on social media commenting on that that i'm taking my mother for the first time ever on an aircraft and Uh, these are dreams which have come and you from a village too sir you know what it is like it's a, it's a big thing and uh, see we must uh, this way this uh, 
I'll call it uh, democratization of the air travel. Right. And uh, give it to our leader, hmm. Modi ji, to conceive a thing like this to say, why aren't we connecting tier two and tier two three cities? We have got many unused and uh, 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 you know disused uh, uh, airstrips at various places. Let's start looking at them. And so certain ins uh, incentive package was devised so that uh, initially when an airline starts into a tier two or tier three city, you may not get that many passengers. So to incentivize them, they were thus. And now as it catches on, more and more demand is coming up. Mm. Uh, there are places where some old airstrip exists. And they come and say, why can't you revive it? Mm. So it's a it's it's a great thing that is uh, happening. Mm. Uh, you had seventy till two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Today it is one forty eight. One forty eight. Which amazing. includes uh, two uh, water aerodromes and uh, hel uh, heliports. It's it's a, it's a big uh, this thing. Right. So now I'm going to bury into the past or burrow into the past is better. Um, was there a military coup during Dr. Manmohan Singh's time? uh somebody imagined a thing like that in the journalistic world egged on by some people who wanted to tarnish the image of the armed forces to come up with a absolutely absurd idea like that hmm. nothing like that what happened that night in january january 16th 2012 ab bataiye uh about a week before that i'll go back in time and you will you will be able to research on that you had a issue in maldives where there were all the chances that uh, the president is going to be thrown out and somebody else will take over we had that information mm. in the army the information was uh, shared at appropriate level and we were told no the it is it is okay nothing will happen but when you get information which is more than what uh, is coming to other people you know what is happening you know that the person who is coming is not in our favor he might be showing that is in our favor and chances are if this throughout becomes bad like last time hmm. we probably would have to intervene 1988 now i'd studied 1988 i mean if we don't study whatever we have done then we are not worth it we had problems hmm. last minute things came people were running helter skelter we got little delay thank thank god by then of course things were better by the time we landed ultimately out there this time we didn't want to be late now if you don't want to be late you need to prepare your people hmm. so two units were asked so that we could time them and those are bad days fog hmm. now if i told them come to hindon the game is up which is the next best place Hisar. Republic Day, Republic Day parade is taking place. Hmm. They can come to Delhi. We would get the timings, hmm. and when you ask people to move, you should go through the entire gamut of activities that takes place. 
go go to uh, whatever they have to take it has to be uh, you know uh, taken from certain depots because everything is not kept with you hmm. everything was done and we were taking timings of these people of one unit moving from hisar and the other unit moving from agra that is all hmm. there is nothing uh, involved i mean who's don't happen by making everything public within the military also so but this kind of an exercise uh, you were the army chief but for this kind of an exercise to do did you have the political uh, okay for it you I mean, didn't need... you, you didn't take pol- political this thing for exercises you don't even need to inform for what if your intentions are bad you will inform right. if your intentions are right it's perfectly fine your military commanders were on board when... absolutely when you conducted this. absolutely in it fact was... there was a, there was somebody who asked me sir uh, a sudden order can we wait for some time i said no you will get a sudden order in actuality okay in actuality <coughs> you will get a sudden order then you are are you going to say at that time sir i have got a problem i went to bharatpur depot bharatpur depot was closed it has taken me more time so that was the time to sort out issues you mean the ordnance depot ordnance depot yeah Because so to get so you were moving ordnance also at that time there are the missiles hmm. for your uh, anti tank missiles you you don't keep them in the unit okay you don't keep them in the unit magazine they require uh, you know uh, environmental control uh, storage huh. so they're stored at a particular place now people have to go and get it done now when we do everything in the army we prepare people for actualities you don't say okay uh, everybody is sleeping so it's taking more time you have to see that things moved in that short period and they had to be there in delhi before daybreak so it was a very big decision that you took uh, i'm presuming that didn't you take anybody on board like when you do, did it like the you raksha mantri raksha mantri maybe or anybody else like for what for doing this kind of an exercise you didn't think that iska repercussions hoga firstly who knows who is going to give an order when for things to move we had the information the nsa knew about it i'd shared the information that this is what is likely to happen in maldives they said we will see if it happens now will you leave it as a professional i'm i'm not talking as a professional will you leave it we will see at that time would you put your troops at risk to say are tab dekhenge jab hoga would you play with the image of the country okay by saying that okay well i just got the order and find excuses at that time no excuses but are these exercises conducted regularly like this Yeah. Was there anything unnatural that happened that night? Nothing. See, the problem is, if I'm sitting here, somebody sitting outside can think that it is unnatural. Why should I be here? It is. Where were you, sir? I was in Delhi. I was in Delhi, and and, the, and uh, there was nothing that was uh, happening which which should have disturbed my sleep. Had... Sir, so when the report came out, it came out in February. This happened in January, January sixteenth. Report comes out in the paper, 
Yeah, written came by out in one paper. In one paper by three uh, journalists who began the report saying that the government was trying to cover up what happened and they were flustered. Was there any fluster between January and February? Problem is when somebody is tasked to make a story, all such things will happen. Hmm. The only thing of uh, this person who was heading that uh, uh, thing at that time, he had two grouses. First grouse was that uh, he wanted to uh, walk walk the talk show, and uh, his. Uh, uh, subordinates had come to me and I said I may be there I may not be there on a particular Wednesday I was not there now they assume that I'll be there oh, he's a big journalistic personality uh, people should bow down to him you know that kind of attitude was there he landed for that program I was not there so I got a frantic call sir you are not there I said I never told you that I'll be there why did you assume that I'll be there? So there was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, anger. And this uh, walking and talking was supposed to be around the uh, South Block? Yeah. But sir, a journalist will not accuse a sitting army chief of staging a potential coup because you cancelled an interview. We all interviews cancel hote hain. Many, many more things. Okay. Okay, let me give you a connection. There was... Uh, the principal secretary to the PM at that time was from Punjab Kader. This journalist started his career from Punjab. And if you follow the career of this journalist, he has been able to find places everywhere. And they had to find something to stick on a chief who was telling the government, let the system that prevails in the country be followed. I never wanted extra time. I just said, the whole country follows only one law. And that is, your age is determined by your matriculation certificate. I said, that has been deposited. Now to find all other things, when you can't uh, negate it, and you have to put something against a person. What better way? So, us time, baat chali di ki do teen bari to you had accepted that age See, certification. Do teen time nahi accept hua tha. It was only once because the then chief had promised. He said, abhi de do because we want to settle the things. Hmm. That's okay. Uh, you're talking about Deepak, General Deepak. Hmm. And sir, uh, uh, like, uh, I, uh, like we all were very uh, closely, we have covered that issue. Do uh, you think, sir, uh, now after 10 years, 10-12 uh, years uh, since that happened, do you think uh, this was uh, not the major issue, the age extension or acceptance of, uh, acceptance of your date of birth? The issues were something else and this was uh, propped up to... So there's no truth to it as uh, Ajit Singh? Zero, not a grain of truth not to it. Not even a grain of truth. So, may, uh, to continue with what you had said, you know, you blame the newspaper, you blame the editor. Uh, 
there was this uh, at that time the INB minister later uh, Manish Tiwari was the INB minister in 2016 he said that the report was right he gave a clean chit and uh, within hours of him giving a clean chit to the story uh, Abhishek Manu Singhvi who was the spokesperson of the Congress party and I'm quoting Abhishek Manu Singhvi he said my colleague was neither a member of the cabinet committee on security nor any relevant decision making body in fact it was also clarified that some troop movements are necessary inbuilt inevitable part of defense mechanism basically what you were saying yeah. but to read all those elements uh, all the other elements that is what manish tiwari was saying all the other elements is inappropriate unnecessary and completely wrong this is what abhishek manu singhvi said so basically saying that what um, manish tiwari's insinuation that there was that the truth was there in that coup story is wrong now you tell me that the, here is a political party which was in power which was divided in its view as to what happened that night yeah, because there is a section in party always which will go by what the actual facts are there are others who will hear as to what is what is happening and add their stories to it that's it and uh, see i think one should have been prepared for uh, such insinuations because one was told don't go to the court hmm. not once couple of times put your finger on any state and we'll send you there as after retirement mm. this or was before the b- january b- before yeah before i mean 15th of january or around that time is when one went to the supreme court because nobody else was giving a decision mm. after all what was one saying look here here is the law of the country here is the certificate it is well recorded when it was deposited and my my plea to the supreme court started with the first line was i don't want extra time hmm. but it was you know <laughs> but the accusation was that you didn't want general suhag to be in the line of succession no. isliye aapne ye sab kiya suhag was too far uh, below hmm. the accusation should have been that there was somebody who was who was who was to be placed as chief and that is why all this was worked out that is the accusation hmm दूसरे चीफ आते फोटो ऑप होता है खत्म हो जाता है हमारे यहाँ तो कभी होता ही नहीं था फिर कैसे हुआ cases but they are not uh pushed as as this particular thing was pushed you don't tell me all records there are is one particular uh, age mm-hmm. now you go and look around find find fault find fault you find the application form without reading what is given down below that if there is a difference or a separate this thing hmm. between the age entered into the application form and the certificate that is deposited later the decision will be taken by the authorities concerned hmm. 
before you go to national defense academy so if there was a change any or, discrepancy so yeah. one one wouldn't have gone hmm. and once you have gone there and you have gone with a particular uh, documented proof of your age where was the doubt left after that when you uh, you if you look at the record of uh, you know immediately after commissioning when you come to the unit see from there everything was there it was well researched by people who were in the army headquarters who were dealing with this subject so but accusation of a coup it's it's accusation of treason absolutely kuch nahi hua abhi tak kuch nahi nobody is going to jail nobody is happened kyun why i wrote to the home minister when when i was uh, chief and even later i pursued it look here this is what the thing is why haven't you filed a case of treason against a b c d e nothing has happened it has just been quietly pushed out of uh, view altogether who do you blame sir do you blame do you blame the forge do you blame the mod do you blame a congress party do you blame the bjp whom do you blame for this this See, it is a cover up obviously the on the media of course you blame obviously the cover up started uh, with the congress hmm. because they had more to hide than what what would have been there hmm. so the cover up started and But, you you don't blame the whole party there were people influential people who didn't want a particular thing sir uh, during this entire episode from 2011 12 13 14 till the go- uh, congress government was there one person who uh, always uh, who never uh, said anything uh, against you or your decisions was, in the arm was my de- raksha mantri was your defense minister ak antony ak antony now uh, since i was covering that time there was a lot of talk that you are also a victim of int- uh, uh, the rivalry between uh, antony and people uh, in the what, pmo and home ministry whatever may be the case and i can i can vouch for it ak antony knew that whatever ever when i go to him i'll only be talking for the welfare of troops never did i ever make any personal demand on him in fact even when the first uh, this thing on the uh, age thing started i think it was uh, february 14th or something like that in 2011 i went and told him you decide i am ready to quit any time that you say i was, I was very clear in my mind hmm. that i am not here to you know uh of course i've said this to him for some other reason also you look here if this is the way things are i don't mind quitting what is there when Be- being 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 the chief is not the end all when did you say this the other time was it because of tsd no it was it was because of the bribe offer <laughs> okay the, the tatra truck the tatra truck over that Oh my god I'm going to bring Ayari now into it <laughs> How close to the truth was Ayari the film uh, Ayari was uh, fairly close Okay 
fairly close. Jalsam, I'm going to talk about the episode of TSD. Uh, it was this clandestine outfit, secret outfit that was created um, <coughs> post 2611. You decide what terminology you want to give it because there's everybody is giving all kinds of names to it. There are films made on it. Um, so, you know, I need to know how, how did you create this? Who all signed off on it? Sab kuch aaj. Smita, firstly, anything which deals with intelligence is both clandestine, both secretive, as also it is supposed to do certain tasks. Every, every intelligence output that you take. First time uh, the discussion came up was with the then uh, DGMI, Rakesh Lumba, who told me that, uh, and we would, came up because of, I was uh, talking about uh, the Mumbai thing, 2611. How things got, uh, how, how we could have done things better. And he said, well, at the end of it, the NSA had called the Narayanan. 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 He had called yeah. the chiefs and said, "What can you do?" And they said, "Nothing. It's not our mandate." Nothing. Nothing. They, they they can't do anything. Which is see, after all, you are mandated to say military intelligence is supposed to look only after this area. Other agencies will look after that area, so that there is no uh, clash in my. Uh, thinking any intelligence work would always have a certain amount of overlap. Hmm. If you do not have overlap, then you will miss out on things. Hmm. Hmm. So, we talked about it and uh, the idea came up that we should have an intelligence outfit which should be more human intelligence oriented, should be able to have reliable sources on the other side who should be able to give you the type of information that you're looking for which is inimical to the country okay okay and information flow should become obviously once uh, this was clear then we decided that yes okay let's form a pilot project right because till the time you don't try it out you don't want to make it uh, permanent. So it was a pilot project. It was a pilot project. It was called TSD for want of, uh, you know, anonymity. Okay. And and I think the uh, motivation came from RNAW. Okay. So it became a technical support division. Hmm. There is nothing technical about it. Right. It was all human. based on human intelligence. And we chose the best people available. People who had, uh, whom we thoroughly scrutinized in terms of the work that they had done, in terms of the output that they had, and whether they will fit into this for the idea that we had. Once we had chosen the commanding officer, he was given free hand to choose people. So that he has the trust. See, because any outfit like this, it will survive on trust, it will survive on professionalism, but it will not survive in acrimony. Acrimony which uh, stretches the uh, seams of the organization. They chose the thing. They got all the support. And they did uh, tremendous amount of work. 
tremendous amount of work hmm. it's a shame that it was done away with let me tell you the type of work they did had we continued with that a lot of things which would which would have become better lot of things such as hafiz said many things i'll 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 i'll, I'll not uh, such as daud ibrahim i'll i'll not talk of any 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 names i'll not talk of for the simple reason that uh, as the organization grows the intelligence and the other type of things will grow you will cooperate with other agencies and then the canvas becomes different okay so names are not important what is important is the type of work and mind you it was we were sharing our inputs where we felt they needed action from an external uh, uh, agency we shared our inputs hmm. we told them this is what is happening you better take action but and black ops had stopped no sir what we had heard was that uh, gujral sahab ne black ops sare band kar diye the so who were you sharing it with because they, nobody else was taking action gujral sahab ko gaye bahut din ho gaye the so so who all signed off on this like did the prime minister did you did you have meetings with the prime minister on tst did you have no. meetings with the nsa on tst no no Why so should I? It was need to know basis pe tha. Absolutely need to know. But it is sir, a pilot project. It is see we are sharing information. If I gave certain amount of information to uh, the NSA, I told him this from my agency. Now he was not asking which agency has given you. So, but you, this agency is credited to having take down. Done of people across the border also. क्या PM पूछते नहीं थे कि किसने मारा भाई? the pm of that time was not interested in finding out kisna mara <laughs> okay I'll, 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 i'll put it that way and let me also tell you i i talked of uh, maldives hmm. that information was from my agency not from anybody else and mind you assessment of my agency was 150% right they said yamin will not to our line Yamin will go with China, and that was not the assessment at at the level at which uh, uh, you know higher decision making is done. That was not the assessment at NSA level. But आपने कहा ये this was completely human. There was no taken in involved. Absolutely. फिर वो surveillance क्या बात हो रही थी? TSD ने surveillance नहीं किया. There was no surveillance. They they were accused of it. The accusation to you can do anything. You you can you can put up put a vehicle and uh, put up put something on see again problem is that there was somebody who right from beginning and especially once uh, he got involved in particular things it was in his interest to somehow bring that uh, defamation thing hmm. now how do you do it who was not going to stick so oh he was snooping on the ministers there was nothing 
तो वो बग्स लगाए थे सो दैट्स व्हाट दे सेड दैट दे सेड कि डिफेंस मिनिस्टर्स ऑफिस इज बग्ड एंड जनरल जनरल वीके गेट्स टू नो एवरीथिंग ही इज डूइंग टेल मी व्हाट इज व्हाट इज देयर टू बग इन डिफेंस मिनिस्टर्स ऑफिस यू यू कुड यू कुड यू कुड वॉक अप टू द डिफेंस मिनिस्टर एंड टॉक टू हिम व्हाट यू वांटेड टू व्हाट इज देयर टू बी बग्ड I I still can't understand it. So do you regret, sir, कि आपके टेन्योर में when you look back and say कि यार मैं ना करता ना वो कू वाली बात उठती ना वो T S D वाली. You could you could have. Uh, But you think not it's done. Been... You could have not done anything. Just relax. Uh, go in the cocktail circuit. Just say. God just be goody goody. Forget about the nation. Why are you there? What difference does it make? You have reached a pinnacle in the service. just uh, remain there and after that just governor go out. what what difference does it make yes so, but it was not the not your unfortunately that is not my makeup right i wanted to do something hmm. and that's why i said had this agency stayed hmm. you would have found a difference 10 years they would have created tremendous amount of uh, work all our areas not just one Where everybody is only looking at one. There is another area. Every area was being, you know, uh, taken care of. Our our expertise was developing. We had worked out plans as to how to develop that expertise. We had we had selected people. What what they would do. All is gone. And uh, anybody who deals with intelligence and one has uh, done a fair amount of work in uh, seeing things. Uh, when you make sources a source is like uh, the most loyal dog you can have hmm. sorry for giving that analogy no totally understand he's a one man person he'll give you the information or nobody else it takes time to develop that trust that i'm not going to give up on him and he's not going to give up on me the day that uh, goes away you can't recruit him again Hmm. So that TSD force you, uh, unit you're talking about? I'm talking of TSD and what they'd created. They'd create that network is gone. You can't create that network again. Hmm. People also say that it was a it was a kind of a a killing machine for the country, and it was something that had to be done at that stage. Do you think that? there is a need for a revival or an a parallel organization or a parallel setup to be brought about now considering that we have a threat from both sides see let's leave it to the people who are at the helm of affairs on this matter it's a it's a very serious matter what you do what you plan what your aim is right. as 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 chief at that time my aim was very simple these are my enemies this is what is likely to happen what is it that i can do to contribute towards that hmm. i can gather intelligence i can carry out certain things which will preempt certain things happening in my country right all with the best possible uh manpower that you have uh, selected hmm. and all whom you could trust and they could trust you any regrets sir i mean you do say that um that you know you regret that 
that was shut down but there is a human element too we had uh, hani bakshi on the show and he was and ajit has covered all of them those who were part of that and the trauma that they all faced in their yeah, private that's, that's, lives that's that's something which pains me the maximum they were they were singled out because i think they didn't like the person who created i take it as personal their agony was my agony if they spent sleepless nights i i, I also spent sleepless nights because i could feel their pain and pain for doing something for the country they're not doing anything personal there's nothing personal involved in it and it still pains and still they pains. had this they had trauma they had stress disorders absolutely i mean you drive a person to become a psychic case you get after a person you put wrong charges let me take you back of a similarity in samba spy case what happened then our own people destroyed our own people made stories out of it here the pain was same they just wanted somebody to say oh the chief told us to smoop on abc that is that that's the problem so when these kind of things happen whether it was the samba case whether it was tsd whether it was the coup thing are there manuals made about that aise phir se nahi hona chahiye you don't lose confidence of serving soldiers think about what they will have to do next how do you recruit nobody, people on missions you've been a commando no no nobody makes manuals it is up to individuals to take lessons and see that when they reach responsible position they're able to do things right and let me uh, quote you macarthur who wrote a letter to his son saying that uh, when you are in a position to change things change them when you are not in a position to change things accept them as they are and you must understand the difference between the two hmm. so it is it is for us nobody writes manuals these are these are all here right you know um i have to get to this uh, part about the other housing society uh, thing which happened where retired defense officers they and they were scam tainted they they had uh, flats out there it was meant for cargill widows it was meant for cargill families and there also it was said that you know you were blamed that you gave uh, wrong information to the then raksha mantri because of your vendetta against uh, general kapoor there was no vendetta the information was right a group of officers hmm. retired they with the help of a, a defense estates officer they found an anomaly that had come up that the, the do had found he made allies with lot of people at that time who were posted in mumbai slowly the thing started more people gathered and a society was made to get the permissions kargil was attached to it it was not meant for them land mm. was of the army and 
all records we have gone into great detail right from the british period when the cantonment came up this land belonged to the army the only problem was that at some point of time a, a, a error came in where a particular road was seen as dividing the army land which is not so and the defense estates officer who was there he made use of it in the wrong manner and for him to convince people you know land value this that people fell to it it was to be a six storied uh, building hmm. i think by the time it was there uh, 30 floors had been done six more were to be made so anybody who obstructed or raised objection and many did they got a flat, flat. they got a flat so from six floors it kept rising to 30 there 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 was one political uh, person whose whole family had flats in yeah. it so now 14 people were charged including maharashtra chief minister then ashok chavan criminal conspiracy then there were two army chiefs nc vij and general kapoor nobody paid the price for it and that time uh, 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 announcement was made that uh, the former chiefs are returning the uh, flats back to the yes. society or I, the I, army i don't think so they did and uh, even after it's just that. sealed right nobody is using anything of that it's but what this is what bugs me now we've covered so many things we've covered the coup thing treason kuch nahi hua we did the tsd again no action nobody knows what happened now we've come to adarsh the third one the no one court gave a decision that's it court gave a decision that it has to be demolished but nahi hua na demolish hua na anybody uh, but sir uh, like we are talking about demolition but there were people who had no uh, no role in kargil, kargil no action in kargil they were services chiefs they were taking flats and hey i told you kargil was only a facilitator hmm. everybody had that thing for kargil so you go to let's say somebody said this is meant for kargil this thing no kon yes. bolega ha koi no nahi bolega permissions will go through are bhai wo kargil ke liye karo usko jaldi ha because it, there was an emotional connect at that, that time is, that is the thing it was that is what the kargil word was used only for that purpose nothing I, else i i guess sir that was uh, this was the i think this was the first time that services chiefs like uh, and that two army chiefs were named in such a corruption and they ke- it came out in public and uh, no action nothing happened i'll i have got i've got to know this thing as to what action why how but uh, the fact is it was a whatever people will say but it was army land illegal you know uh usurping the land and uh, great amount of connivance between defense estates and the people who were the helm of affairs were able to get things into their uh, mm. this thing talking about all these things and um, put uh, and the present sir like when you became the chief sir uh, prior to that two three chiefs i started covering in 2004 and we knew uh, like we generally had a line of succession at that time 
we knew who is going to become next chief next chief and then after that when uh, the age issue came up they said oh he wants to uh, to destabilize the line of succession that time i remember uh, from your side there was this point that what line of succession is this some kind of a like uh, some kind of a dynasty that this will come and that will come all that i said was that you have made a line of succession now you want to fit things into it then things go wrong no uh, i am what i want to uh, i wanted to ask you sir now people knew ki 3 saal baad to mujhe hi aana hai yahan tak aa gaya hu ab aage to mujhe hi banna hai now uh, now of uh, 2015 16 that thing was ended by this government this line of succession uh, super sessions took place merit and all those things came in do you think now uh, this kind of a system has helped in doing away with like princes and kings coming up in the making you think this has helped See, the defense forces line of succession was only used because if you had decided i want so and so so at a, from a particular stage you started looking after that person's interest i didn't know that i was going to be chief i'll be very frank with you so many things can go wrong and i but then this i, I, was, this I, was, I, I, I call it uh, this thing that somebody placed me in uh, ambala now when you look back you start thinking of the reasons why could why was that done okay you went to eastern command till then eastern command was considered you know not coming to delhi after that of course there's been a line yeah there been so many chiefs who did that okay then. but uh, eastern command otherwise used to be out of the succession uh, scenario so you have uh, if you made a succession thing then it is different till our uh, this thing it was you know one didn't know Uh, who, what, where, nothing. But yes, after that succession things came in, and I think this merit thing that we talk of, this was always there as part of a thing. When you considered people, it was always there. The only thing I think uh, which uh, uh, the governments avoided was in this. you should ensure that there is least amount of acrimony that's all so i'm going to uh, go a little more into the past um you witnessed the genocide in east pakistan when you were there in 1971 tell us a little bit about that because uh, you know i'd interviewed uh, general jacob many years ago and i had spoken to him about that and that's why i want to know about you because you were a young officer you saw what was happening out there one what did you see to why is it that the world community just ignored that genocide see genocide took place everybody knows about it in fact uh, uh mescrenas was the one of the journalists who documented it hmm. and uh, he was he was yes. a pakistani yeah he, there was a book also published by him the rape of bangladesh yeah. and uh, something like that hmm. 72 or something that book came out yeah we were getting information from what was happening on the other side we were also when you spoke to the 
refugees who were fleeing. Initial stages, one was uh, in Meghalaya, and large number of these people were coming into uh, Meghalaya. When you talk to them, the horrors that they described supplemented whatever you were hearing otherwise. No first-hand accounts. There was not second or third-hand accounts. When one went in, the there were uh, when you broke that first uh, line of uh, defense that they had. Uh, there were uh, bunkers where you find things which shouldn't have been there. You found Clo rape victims there. No, not rape victims. You find found women's clothings. What were they doing in a all male defense work? There were mass rapes there. Yes. So inside the cantonment, I'm I'm not I'm not not even in the cantonment now. I'm talking of the bunkers and forward in bunkers. Areas. Forward bunkers. They were raped in bunkers. They were raped everywhere. That was the way to subjugate. Intellectuals were shot. That was the way to subjugate. And when one entered uh, Chittagong, and I happened to go with the party which was asked to go to Chittagong Medical College. It was a race improvement camp. Have you ever thought of that? I mean, one only thought of these things in uh, Nazi era. They had a race improvement camp. This was Pakistanis doing a race improvement camp in part of their own land, which yes. was East Pakistan, had not been liberated. I'm just saying this because for the for people who did not know the post-1971 generation who don't know about it in India. And, and let me also tell you, when we were taking these prisoners, we were documenting them. We were going as per Geneva Conventions. You, know, you have to document everybody. Pakistan Army, yes. Pakistan Army. And there was this uh, captain, uh, must have been around 11-ish in the night. And uh, so he says... Uh, do you know how many people can one bullet kill? So I looked at him. I said, why? He said, I've tried it. It kills so many. So I said, what do you mean? He said, I lined them up and shot. He's, he's saying in front of me. Civilians. Yeah. So, just for, uh, just for Just fun. for this, how many people, okay, line them up. Let's see how many people will get. It was they were they were treating civilians and till then their own citizens as people with whom they could do anything they wanted to. The, the you documented all this, sir. You were the intelligence officer at that time. I was. It was we we shared it with uh, whosoever was there. These people were taken for interrogation separately. We were not doing the interrogation. Where was Geneva Convention? Where was all these things? Where were these are war crimes? They were never these tried are, for it. Now, somebody should have taken up the issue of war crimes. But look at the world of that time. Except for one who supported you, the rest of the world was against you. And you had a seventh fleet sailing into Bay of Bengal. And we were working 
uh, in a manner in which there was a race, they shouldn't be able to do something before we uh, reach so and so place. Obviously, the concerns of that time for a country which has been liberated and uh, they had to grapple with that, sir. Wo kahan pe? Uh, international Absolutely. opinion. They had so to grapple, grapple with, the, with that. They yeah. had to, and and Muji for, wasn't for, there. For, for 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 how much time did we stay? Yeah. It was very simple. The moment the law and order is established, things are okay. Hand over, and out you go. By early March, we were back. I mean, we were the last ones to come early March, because that is the time that. The railway track was being uh, laid at Karimganj area. We came to Komila, came to Karimganj and off we went. Do you think giving up the prisoners at that time was a mistake that we made? I don't, I, I don't uh, really know, but uh, there are many things that have come in the uh, thing. It is not just that uh, somebody told uh, the then Prime Minister that uh, let it not be like the Treaty of Versailles, hmm. where the things will keep happening all over again. So be magnanimous. I don't think that was the reason. The reason was deeper. The reason was how to protect Mujib. Without Mujib, Bangladesh was nothing. He was not in uh, East Pakistan. Mujib was in jail. Exactly. Huh. He would have been hanged. Okay. How do you protect him? So you had to do something. So that he's freed. He's freed. And he could be taken back to Dhaka. That would have been the victory. Hmm. And not just the prisoners. Now, these are all that I'm now uh, right. speculating. I'm now thinking. Yeah. At that time, nobody knew. Okay. Okay, for two years, the prisoners were with us. They were treated very well. They went back. Hopefully, they realized that Indians are not as bad as they used to think. I know I can't ask you that if you were there now, how would you have handled the situation in Galwan? And you won't tell me even if I ask you. But no, I'll only give you, you a retrospective. Gee, tell us what happened then. Like there no, must have been skirmishes. I'll, I'll, I'll give you one, only one, one incident. Okay. And I think that will, uh, that can be extrapolated and we... Do look at how things are happening. Hmm. Okay. When I uh, uh, took over, there was one incident that had happened before I had taken over. Year, sir? Year 2008. Okay. So, there was an incident that had happened where three bunkers of ours were demolished by the Chinese, saying that uh, technically these were in Bhutan. Okay. Opposite uh, Doklam area. Why we allowed it, I don't know. Who allowed it, I won't comment. But the fact is, they were demolished. And I think anybody who thinks about the nation would have that rankling in him. He told This is our area in the sense that we. we we are assisting Bhutan. Okay. It used to rankle. I'll, I'll be very frank. 
so right in the beginning in my various visits and other things one thing i made it quite clear whatever we have made as differences the the chinese started saying if this is the line on top of this then you can't make a bunker on the other side if i don't make a bunker on the other side how do i see what is happening on the other side military logic is you always fight you always fight and you always look at this thing they also understand that nobody is going to be here and make a bunker which is behind this right so a very simple order was passed in eastern command nobody would be allowed to touch our defense works and we had a incident sometime in 2008 where a chinese patrol had come just like they come now 60 strong led by a major of chinese army and they had been emboldened by you know bringing down this bunker and they came and started you know uh, holding the wire which was laid in front of one of our localities a grenadiers unit nine grenadiers new take it out they said this is new wire take it out hmm. this will not be allowed this young officer captain was the looking after that particular post he got up walked up to this major very politely caught hold of his hand <laughs> politely caught hold of his hand okay took it away looked into his eyes and said if you touch it next time i'll shoot you i think he said it very firmly but very quietly without any provocation but the message was conveyed by his eyes shoot kaise gun tha saath mein you're not supposed to carry whatever right whatever it is okay i'm not okay you're whatever not whatever it is the patrol went back they haven't come to that location till now right okay now this messaging is very important hmm. especially with china if you go through all their uh, things whether they fought in korea or they fought in they took part in vietnam they took part in various things go through that and you will find messaging is very very important they also do messaging you have to do your messaging look at this and no more sorry hmm. and i think we are doing it right so i'm going to um, quote you uh, in 2021 you said uh, China has transgressed many times over the years uh, with its own perception of the LAC none of you come to know how many times we have transgressed as per our perception chinese media doesn't cover it let me assure you if china has transgressed 10 times we must have done it about 50 times now was that bravado on your part to say this rahul gandhi wanted you sacked in 2021 jab aapne ye kaha we will not talk of rahul gandhi at all mm-hmm. but let me no i'm i am going to talk no, no. about rahul no, no, let me let me explain huh. what happens mm-hmm. there is the the line of control is based on a 1959 map which chawanlal handed over to jawaharlal nehru mm-hmm. it was a, a map as big as one page of a small book can you interpret that line on ground now when you make an attempt to interpret it on ground you will find it is cutting across various things 
it is not following what you will follow as a border it is neither following a ridge line nor is it following a river line there is no logic to it it is just a line so based on that the line of actual control which came into being because they had occupied to a certain area and based on this when the unilateral so called unilateral ceasefire took place they went back to what they considered as their area and a line of actual control came into being the perceptions will differ if there is a mountain he will say no it's supposed to be i'm supposed to be here but when we look at that line we'll say no it should be here now this perceptual differences will remain because it has not been demarcated on a map and authenticated by both the sides unlike the line of control with pakistan yeah so in his perception he'll come to a particular area and if we are not there up to that area he sits because our patrolling limits are different as uh, laid down by whosoever was in the government at that particular period of time at times he will sit down or he will say that this is my area hmm. similarly we will go to those areas which we think is our as per our perception we may encounter them we may not encounter them we we may have a face off where he'll say okay go back and all that and will both stand and show each other banners and ultimately as per the agreement both sides will go back but, but they have been taking sir they've been doing salami slicing and taking away no, that's what i'm saying that humne to nahi kiya na that that's what i'm saying that as per our perception we also go up to our perception he also tries to come up to his perception unfortunately when he comes up to his perception that gets reported we are not going to tell you if we are in the army look here i went there that's my perception that's my area i've gone into my area i'm not going to gone into his area okay so that is the difference we were talking uh, you were talking about how this young captain uh, responded to this chinese aggression uh, now uh, coming to the ongoing standoff sir you think uh, we have uh dealt it uh, in a way it should have been dealt with or more could have been i think done. we are dealing with it perfectly fine we are right from galwan onwards the and now now it is not it is not a question of uh trying to find faults it's a question of following the principle i think we are following the principle right what we consider as our area is our area nobody has a right to get into it and accordingly our thinking must change that way that uh, the other side is hell bent upon showing presence where which they think is their area if they find there is nobody they would like to come and sit down there and take advantage of it so we we need to be vigilant about it and we must ensure that we are firm about it and i am sure when we are firm about it things happen there certain thing what happens is along the line of control there certain areas which are endemic they are the dis- divided into two parts one is disputed area like in the middle sector you have then there are sensitive areas 
he's been saying this is my area we have been saying this is our area it is sensitive either uh, where our people are longju is sensitive area so accordingly your responses are you don't want to unnecessarily create a flashpoint but you want to be firm to say this is ours and this will remain ours so that is the general way now said uh, post uh, this uh, galwan standoff and then we also started building up in a major manner uh, you must have seen in uh, the change in lay and the right up to the chushul border sir earlier from lay to chushul it was in between there were very few camps now it is entirely covered with military camps everywhere there is army things have changed now uh, we also had uh, during the peak of this conflict we also had this that weapons will be carried everywhere and if there is a requirement we will shoot you think this change was required to uh, to strengthen the mindset of our soldier also and to give them a stern warning that you cross no, over it, was, it is again it is messaging the message is clear we are not going to get pushed over i think that is all that is done and messaging can be in many ways it can be in terms of your firm action it it can be in terms of uh, ensuring that nobody comes in it is also ensuring that look here this far and not further many things uh, that happen and uh, where uh, eastern ladakh is concerned he has uh, been violative of certain understandings and uh, agreements of the troop type of troop strength that he has been bringing into that area so in in their case hierarchy being what it is if they are told no no let's have a show of force let's let's uh, uh, do things which will show india in poor light in the world and uh, they should understand our prowess as china they have this feeling that uh, it was necessary that we also have adequate strength and wherewithal to tell them look here don't we are not going to be pushed over and i think we proved it the opposition in the country still says that india has become a pushover uh and the enemy always takes advantage of the time of the weak weak spot like when india was battling with covid galwan happens and now next year we're going to be going into india is going to be going into an election now china doesn't understand it they don't have elections they don't have political upheavals and any, everything army is not going to an election that's what i was going to ask you army is going to do its job hmm. and i think they 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 have understood very clearly is what what is to be done hmm. that i think that message is absolutely clear and uh, where opposition is concerned firstly they don't know what what is happening they just put two and two together there are some of them who only follow what the chinese are saying or what the propaganda tries to say hmm. so be it <laughs> then uh, you you can you can't change them Right. and what i was uh, t- t- telling you on uh, how 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 things can 
go in a particular manner. They see there are times when you you go to uh, back to eighty six. Sundarong Chu happened. Okay. Sundarong Chu they came and occupied it because they said no. What you call Sundarong Chu is not this Sundarong Chu. What did we do? We occupied all the heights around it. They were below us, and we were. Our reactions were fast. Couple of months after this, I think about two months after we had occupied the heights, they had uh, two people who shot themselves. They were so. They didn't know what what is happening. Hmm. In the middle of nowhere, they see. You know, all the heights are covered by Indian Army. Where do they go? They were they were in a bad shape. So they started uh, they, they committing two, suicide. Two suicides out there. Yeah, this is uh, end of '86 when they had their their roots are cut off. You you you, you can feel uh, miserable. They have never been that way. Our soldiers are much more hardy. And. Uh, Whatever transpires, you will find it is accompanied by a lot of propaganda from that side. They feel that propaganda is what will scare the hell out of you. You you look at uh, Doklam, you look at now Eastern Ladakh. Oh, and mostly this propaganda is picked up by some of our uh, people, and this oh this is what is going to happen. They take Sunzu very seriously. <laughs> we also we also take uh, uh, our, our own um, you know thinkers very seriously. Sir, I'm going to go to ni- uh, 1990. Uh, you know when you got this Youth Seva Medal, you were uh, in Sri Lanka. You were battling the LTTE uh, part of the Indian Peacekeeping Force. So tell us about that episode of your life. The Youth Seva Medal is for many things. Saving six people or something like uh, that. It was, it was uh, it one was, incident. It was, uh, uh okay what what had happened was that uh, we had a post at a particular place called Putovil the company headquarters was there and they had a post uh, a platoon post and uh, the supplies had to be collected from there there was a in the week at various points we didn't fix day and time so two vehicles would go get their supplies and come back somehow over a period of about uh, 6 months we had ensured that we followed our way of uh, conducting uh, uh, counterinsurgency and counter terrorist operations we had denied ltt entry into all the villages and all the townships they were segregated from people. It rankled them. And it rankled them so much that ultimately they had to... And whenever they came, they, they had casualties. And and uh, what rank was the, uh, were you at that time, sir? You were colonel? Uh, I was a lieutenant colonel. I was second in command for one year. And I was a company commander for one year. We stayed two years in, as part of IPKF. Uh, we had very successful operations in terms of not only tackling the menace 
of uh, what the LTT was doing and also building trust with people. That was the most important part. I mean, uh, you can imagine that when we left, for almost 25 kilometers, people had lined up the road, not because we told them on their own. They didn't want us to go. There was no enemy, sir, in that way. It is an insurgency of fighting. It's not a uniformed uh, enemy like you in 71 that you were no fighting. Enemy. There was no enemy here. So uh, you're not, I mean, you are trained, of course, in the forge. But how difficult was it to do that? It is. It is very difficult. Hmm. It is very difficult. More difficult than fighting a uniform enemy. It is very, very difficult because you don't know. You had various groups. There were some who were friendly to us. And you had a predominant group with its own one or two allies who who wanted predominance in everything. And uh, I think at some level, and which is what I've tried to also put down in my autobiography, that at some level in the highest level, we mm. fail to understand that uh, agreement between the government of India and the government of Sri Lanka did not include LTT. Yeah. There's no agreement between LTT and government of India or between LTT and the government Go of Sri Lanka. Lanka. So you left a vacuum which slowly, depending on how things were going, and there were many things that happened, which uh, resulted in Prabhakran deciding I think uh, let's take it out on the Indian Army. Yeah. So we became targets. I mean, uh, in the area that we were, uh, even before the actual hostilities uh, uh, broke out, they had planted a mine which they activated, and our uh, CO's vehicle was targeted. He, he was like he's lucky. Only the engine part went away. He survived. He survived. But we ensured that we kept the people with us. Hmm. And that is what made a difference. Right. So, in this particular thing, they sent a team from Jaffna hmm. to shore up the locals and to lay an ambush. And they identified these two locations because in a week, some point of time, these vehicles will go. They were depending on the supplies. Hmm. And on a particular day, they ambushed. Unfortunately for them, there was only one vehicle. These people had moved only with one vehicle. So we lost four people in that. And... Uh, you were there? When this happened? I, I was with the battalion headquarters at that time. We, when we went and searched that area, we found a you know, thing written for duty. This uh, ambush party had been there for three days and three nights, mm. hiding in the jungle. So they were giving duties to see when the vehicle comes. So on that uh, little uh, uh, flap of the cigarette uh, thing, there was a, a duty roaster written. And we found that there were six names out of this which belonged to our area. Ultimately, we had to uh, 
find out where they were. So our, I'll, I'll say precursor of uh, intelligence uh, work started. We were able to get information. It required networking. It required confidence winning. And it required a certain amount of cash. Hmm. So you've had, you've seen enemies on the western sector, on the eastern sector, you've been in LTT. Which enemy was the one that you thought that, oh my God, this is an enemy? All enemies are same. <laughs> have to be eliminated. They, 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 they ultimately, you have, to, you have to protect your people from them. Right. Uh, the reason I'm asking, uh, sir, is because, you know, at one point, once you commented about General Musharraf, uh, you said, uh, as a military commander, I would commend General Musharraf for coming 11 kilometers inside Indian territory uh. to stay with his troops for a night. It is the courage of a military commander that he came so far knowing that there was danger. This was Kargil ke time. You still think that? That as a military commander, he was He was uh, brave? the He was the chief at that time. Hmm. He planned this operation. He had to win the trust of the people whom he was putting out there. And uh, for him to ensure that everything moved without we getting a hint, I think we should at least give him that due. It wasn't foolhardy, you think, uh, General Sir? See, a lot of times as a military commander, you do things because you want the confidence of your people. As a lieutenant colonel, I have gone in operations when I was second in command. I shouldn't have gone. I should have said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a lieutenant colonel. It's foolhardy. Yes, it is foolhardy. But what is important is the people whom you command must understand that you will be with them, hmm. come what may. Hmm. They're not going to hide behind your rank and or other things. That's why I said, for a person to come 11 kilometers inside and stay with the troops for a night, okay, it was foolhardy. The entire exercise was foolhardy, not just the, not that. The, see, entire Kargil was itself, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll without put, a game plan in mind, without taking no, the no, political... No, he had a game plan. What game plan, sir? Okay, if you are <laughs> going to you ask tell me, me that, huh? let me tell you. Go into the issue of where the Kashmir, stu, uh, Kashmir issue as uh, a issue was in the world arena. It was in cold storage. Hmm. We had succeeded. The line of control was stable. Nothing was happening. And uh, uh, mind you, this particular area of Kargil, the line of control runs almost in a straight line along the ridge line. Almost a straight line. Anybody sitting on the line of control is actually violating it. It is not being violated. Everything was okay. Now here is a Pakistani commander who decides, I must break this log jam. What did he do? Foolhardy, yes. We can... Call it anything. But he ignited the Kashmir issue all over again. And probably that is what his aim was. Had he succeeded, had he succeeded, it would have created 
a major issue where we are concerned. You know, do dominating our national highway and all the traffic between Srinagar and uh, Leh. Right. And th that will we we must give it to fortitude and bravery and uh, of our people hmm. that we ensured that they were thrown out. Yeah. Thrown out. So. Um, about the Agnipat scheme, you have uh, defended it also. You come from a Fauji family, your father, grandfathers, your uncles. Five of your uncles, if I'm not mistaken. In yeah, the my father was had uh, six brothers. All of them were in the army. Hmm. I mean, which includes my father. <laughs> so all, all, six. all six in the army. And your grandfather. All six in the army. Husbands Both grandfathers. He, he had three sisters. Their husbands in the army, uh, my, both my grandfathers uh, from mother's side and father's side, both in the army. So it was basically a... Fauji family. You had no option no. as far as career is concerned. No it option. Was my, father, my father had option. We tried his best, but my mind had no option. Right. So now tell me, sir, that uh, lots of people are saying that with this Agnipad scheme, those, your kind of families, which which automatically sent their second, third generation into the forge, they will rethink and they will not send their children because it's... Kuch ke baad bahar nikalna padta hai. I don't think so. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll put it across differently. It's just about not even a year. The batches are just about getting trained and going. And let me tell you, the training establishments are same, which train people hmm. otherwise. They're going to put in their best. And this material is going to be very, very motivated material who have come now. Some may not be. Some may, may be already looking at it. Okay, iske baad police mein nokri mil jayegi. That's a more lucrative option. Char saal karo, police mein chale jao. But where the army is concerned, it will find selection to be tough. You will find that people would be mm -hmm. so good. And it is also going to fulfill another thing which the army has been wanting for a very long time. Lateral induction. We have been talking about it for many, 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 many years. Nobody has agreed. Otherwise, it was very simple. A proposition that was there earlier. Look here, let a person serve for five, ten, six, whatever number of years you decide, when he's still young, and let him literally transfer into border security force, into CRPF, into CISF, into hmm. police. So you have a trained person, already trained, in the in the in the, the values in the values that are required, and you then don't have to do separate recruitments. To select for your uh, this thing, except for uh, non-combatant uh, staff. That is what army has been asking for, so mm -hmm. that you can retain a youthful uh, profile. In some way, it is actually going to bring in that. Mm -hmm. Now, let's see what happens when they complete four years. Okay. I, I for one, uh, would look at it very optimistically that. It'll be very difficult to select just 25%. Right. These people will be so good. Okay. I mean, it is like uh, the you know 
first couple of uh, women entry schemes that came they were so motivated they were so good that uh, it was very difficult to actually find fault hmm. it is okay. not so today there is a difference okay jain sahab two hours almost since i have been talking to you i have to ask you this would you categorize me as a prostitute aapne ye shabd kyu istemal kiya when you talked about journalists see this uh, word has uh, emanated from a very eminent uh, journalist in the usa and uh, he said that whatever may be the worth of a journalist ultimately it is governed by what the owner wants hmm. right if owner says it has to be done this particular way it has to be done that way and he says when the pen is taken over by the greed for money things will go different that's how this word emanated and that's the history of this word we have found many in various shades who will do exactly what uh, uh, this american journalist uh, visualized so in a particular this thing i have to use this word because there was somebody who was unnecessarily going on and on in a particular manner which was which did not to show a journalist in a independent journalistic manner okay and let me also tell we have grown up in an era where all the movies that one saw a journalist was shown as a social reformer a person who took up social causes a person who took up causes for people most of the time he was being depicted as somebody who was not very well off jhola chap carried a bag fatawa kurta fatawa pajama always you know fighting against the uh, establishment hmm. over a period of time that has changed right today you do find that there are people who take up causes because it benefits somebody rather than the society so didn't you find those kind of people even in the forge they are everywhere did you blame them also did you label yes, them I also yes i did my blame is not just for one one this thing anybody whose uh, morals and uh, writings and work is taken over by greed for something and that greed may not be money but i've never seen you using this kind of term for a politician and i mean you've been betrayed even in politics by people but I you have never it is, said it is this. applicable to everybody unfortunately a politician otherwise is also seen badly <laughs> that is the problem i mean when i uh, used to talk when i was uh, when i decided that i must uh, uh, get anna hazare back to where he was in 2012 when i gave him uh, uh, the glass of juice to break his fast after that he was dumped and that rankled me too many things rankled me un- un- unfortunately so i went to him towards end of 2012 and i told him i want to get you back so it made a small organization called jantantra morcha i told him this is what we will do i said i'll talk about systemic change and you talk about your corruption part we carried that way to many states 
and in that my thing used to be let's get more people into political system who don't have a political background then only we'll be able to change the system i don't know what people used to say why are you asking us to do this kichad mein jana to pehle aap jaake dekho na no that is unfortunately how politics is perceived so, so right do you want to continue in politics or do you feel that see i am i came into politics not by design i i just happened to wander into it because i had only one aim in mind i must do something for the society that one shot sir when you stood on that podium with uh, prime minister modi in rewadi everybody was like that changed a perception completely you know everybody was thinking i'm going to join the party yeah i didn't in fact uh, people of bhartiya janata party were there he said uh, used to ask, aap join nahi kiya i said i didn't come to join i came as a exorcisman to talk about the exorcisman this was the rally of exorcisman but you endorsed without saying anything you endorsed him at that moment it made a lot of difference see he was already endorsed by the party there was a third day of after having been endorsed as the pm and uh, believe you me in 9 9 years he has done a tremendous job hmm. my endorsement was not wrong you going to stand for election <laughs> again sir in i will you will i will because there's so much of work left in gaziabad gaziabad that i saw in 2014 has changed but there's more changes that are required i i just took upon myself that i must change gaziabad and uh, i think uh the change is visible today but i think there are many more things that have to be done to make it uh, a city worth living in ncr let's see things have changed there's for the better i mean gaziabad doesn't have the same image now okay and uh, it, it needs some more push right uh, if i was to calculate uh, the amount of money from various projects that has been done i'll have to actually sit down <laughs> and okay. and work it out right. but so it's going to be a, you've got a metro coming you've got a the first uh, uh, rapid rail transit uh, transit system of the country is coming up through gaziabad to meerut and we are hoping that the first phase will start uh, very soon right uh, air services started from there there are hiccups for certain thing but the, uh, a lot more to be done you see a lot more to be done the right. road network is coming up there are many things which are more planned which will make things even better and that would bring in many much more uh, industry on a, in a particular area which will uh, make a difference to the lives of people right thank you so much sir for speaking with us and i hope your uh, perception about journalist improves after this podcast my perception was never bad Okay. Don't worry. My All perception right. was never bad about journalists. It is just that uh, when one identified somebody who was who seemed to be motivated uh, in his writings and his sayings for a particular thing, one used that word. Right. Otherwise, okay. On that note, sir. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you thank very you much. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you very much for watching or listening to this podcast. Do like or subscribe on whichever channel you have seen this or heard this. Namaste. Jai Hind.